It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our very best to connect the dots between the physical, the emotional, the intellectual, and the spiritual facets of who we are. And uh, I have as my guest, my returning guest, uh, Moira. And Moya, I always say your name wrong. Right. <laughs> so, Mo- yeah, Moira. Moira, Moira Gorsky. Okay, Gorski, uh, who's a nurse. But before we get started um, uh, with her and this interview, um, I want to remind everybody to go to www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And on that website, you will see a banner for Boomers Forever Young. And click on the banner. You can subscribe to their free newsletter. It has all kinds of uh, fun stuff, information in there. Um, But more importantly, take a look at some of the products that they have, the testimonies that they have. Uh, D3, I I keep encouraging everybody because we are still in the throes of COVID. And, you know, now we have two variants. Uh, We have the Delta, which is somewhat on the decline, I think. And then we have a new one called Mu, M-U, and I'm not sure where that one's going, but um, all of these variants are still out of the SARS virus. And so, you know, viruses are, are wicked, but um, they, if your immune system is where it needs to be, then you have a much better chance of fighting it off. And even those that have been vaccinated need to be looking at what else they can do to boost their immune system and reduce their inflammation level. It's not just about, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but it's, it's not just about the vaccine. The vaccine is one part of it, but the other part of it is taking responsibility for your personal health. And uh, one of my um, guests in the past had said she wished that when people were talking about this on the news, or when uh, Dr. Fauci or anybody else was talking, that they also would mention the importance of just getting healthy in general. And as she put it, put down the Twinkie. And so I always thought that was so cute because that obesity, if you're 30 pounds overweight, you're considered obese. Um, So it's not the 100 pounds, the 200 pounds that we see, but it's 30. And, you know, they were talking earlier in this year about the COVID 30. So everybody's gained 30 pounds just by being shut in and afraid and using food as a way to reduce their anxiety. So, I mean, we have the perfect storm. We are not getting healthy because we're doing nothing to really reduce our stress. We're still living in fear, which is false evidence appearing real. Um, We are still, um, you know, not sleeping very well because of high anxiety and sleep is where your body restores itself. So we're not getting restorative sleep, which is critical. Um, There's so many things that we can't do or not doing because we're living under this constant banner, if you will, of of fear that we're going to come down with this virus. Um, So the two things that I'm going to suggest is know these two numbers. Know your D3, so that's D as in dog, three. You want it above 70 if you're going to be able to stay healthy and fight off viruses. 
So whatever you need to do to get your number to at least 70 or above is critical. I will tell you mine's an 82. Uh, the other thing that you need to be very aware of is your C-reactive protein. And that is a blood test. And that's the level of inflammation you have in your body. You can do a lot of things to reduce inflammation because inflammation is where every disease begins. So you have to know that. Um, you want it below one, mine is a 0.3. So I have very little inflammation going running around inside my body, which makes me more confident about fighting off viruses, bacteria, or any kind of illness. And if your confidence level is up, the other thing I'm going to say to you before uh, we start talking about journaling, but if your confidence level is up, your body is 50 trillion cells that are vibrating. And if they're vibrating in a healthy place, you know, with positivity around you and looking at the future and going, this is awesome. What's around the next corner? I can't wait versus this is terrible. I'm scared to death. Your body's going to be healthier, you know, if you can get that positivity rate up. So what we're going to talk about on today's show is maybe a way to make that happen through journaling and looking at how do you get your feelings out of you where they can be doing a lot of destructiveness into a place where you can look at them kind of realistically decide how you want to manage them differently so that they don't manage you. So welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to have you on. You've just written a book uh, about journaling and you're calling it. Well, it's called, it is a journal. So it's called journey to joy. I love the title. um, Yeah. And um, yeah, I just self-published it a few weeks ago. And so um, it's always great to connect with you, Lucy. And I appreciate you having me back here um, as a guest. And um, yeah, I've noticed, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, I am a nurse, you know, by schooling and then have been in the wellness, you know, industry for 21 years. And even when I was in nursing school, I remember as we were writing papers and doing things that it wasn't, I just, I didn't believe that it was just physical health, that there was like this holistic health that we needed to talk about, you know, your spiritual health, your mental health, your, your physical health, all of that together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I certainly learned that more, you know, continuing on as the years have gone on. And certainly for myself, that it's not just keeping myself in shape and eating well, but it's also keeping me mentally in shape. And, you know, when we, um, you know, you can listen to the, to the previous podcast, I won't go into all of that, but you know, the life has been a little stressful, be it with this pandemic. Um, and also, you know, as our daughter seven years ago was diagnosed with a life-threatening mental health disorder, and, um, she's one of four of our children and just being a parent of four kids. I mean, it's just, it's stressful. And, um, there are things that we can do that to help, like you said, decrease our stress level, our anxiety level. And I found as I was kind of on my own journey to joy, if you will, and trying to reclaim my, my health and my joy um, through my daughter's struggle and the chaos of life, I heard people talk about their morning routine, Uh you know, and they said that they would get up early and get up when they woke up and they'd 
pray or they'd write things down, they'd um, journal, they'd meditate. And so I could do, I started to appreciate meditation and I've been praying and I was, you know, a faith, I've been doing that my whole life. But this journaling thing, I was like, I don't know, like my penmanship has gone from kind of okay to like really not that good. (laughs) So I thought, (laughs) you know, I don't know, I have to write things down. And then I just, I can hardly read my writing sometimes. And, and then I was just like, it doesn't, as I learn more and more about it, it's not about like this perfect penmanship on a piece of paper. It really is like what you just mentioned a few minutes ago is getting those thoughts out of your head. And as I just, I recorded a podcast myself a couple of weeks ago about you know, why journaling? And it's true that as you journal, as you get, as you write things down and get those thoughts out of your head, it clears space for other thoughts. And if they're anxious, if they're anxious thoughts, if we can get those anxious thoughts out, then we have a chance to have some more positive thoughts, you know, um, in our head. And so we can, um, we can feel better, you know, about, about ourselves. And so, I started journaling and just would get little notebooks. And that's part of my morning routine. I would um, get up and sometimes I would start writing. Somebody called it, um, uh, my husband called it something the other day, like a specific kind of way of writing. And I was like, well, that's kind of called journaling. And he said, well, that's, there are different ways Um, And in my journal, I, you know, I talked about, I talk about, or I give little prompts because some people are like, I don't really know how to journal. And so some people may call it um, something that like my husband, you know, called it automatic writing technique. Mm -hmm. It's like like channeling. Yeah. Okay. Cause I hadn't, I heard that from a a gal who's an energetic healer Mm -hmm. um, and also my husband. And so I didn't really know what that was. And you can share with that with me in a second. But like I also said, I mean, another gal said to me one time as I was on a yoga retreat with her, she was, you could just start your day by being write down five things you're grateful for and maybe talk, you know, five things you'd like to pray for, you know, five things that maybe you'd like to set an intention that happens that day or something like that. And I found that as I continued to do that, it just came more easily to me. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd write those things down. I'd kind of get into that routine. And then sometimes I just think about something that I maybe had a dream about or something that happened yesterday that I kind of like, I'm a little inquisitive about. And so I just start writing, oh, my daughter, this, or this happened yesterday. And I wonder what that means. And, you know, just kind of like go with the flow. And it's amazing. I mean, some days it's one page that I'll journal other days. It's just five, six, it just continues to flow but it's amazing what you can really, like I earlier said, get those thoughts out of your head so that perhaps you're less anxious about if you're having those thoughts that you're anxious about, but also kind of figure things out. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes as you start to write and you're having those conversations with yourself or thinking about things, it really puts things in a, an interesting perspective. And so mm-hmm. um, as I continued to do that, and as I had my podcast that I um, had started, I thought, maybe this would be something that would be nice that I could create so that I could offer to others because I've seen how wonderful it's been, you know, Mm -hmm. for me. So that was, that was the inspiration, you know, behind creating the journal. 
Um, I remember, and this has been at least probably 10 years ago now, uh, there was a gal that came to speak uh, at the church that I was attending at the time. And she was a writer. Um, and she also had a radio show. And what she had discovered was um, in her journaling experience, it, it <laughs> I don't know, it kind of evolved into the first book, I think, that she wrote about this called Writing Down Your Soul, S-O-U-L. And um, so she had, I ended up going to a workshop to see how that worked. And we all sat there with a piece of paper and a pen, um, you know, after she had talked for a while. And she said, I want you to just, um, you know, be open to whatever is going to come through. She said, don't think about a topic. Don't think about, you know, anything in particular. Just see what comes through. And then don't write uh, with the idea that it's a perfect sentence or that you spelled words correctly or anything else. Just write. So, you know, I think all of us probably sat in silence for a couple of minutes, you know, just being open to whatever. And then it was as though I was hearing a conversation in my head. And so as I was listening to the conversation, that was what I was writing. And I wrote as fast as I could, because if you're trying to transcribe a conversation, it's a pretty good clip. And so you don't think about, you know, is this, should this be it this way or this way, or do I need to put a period or a comma or whatever? Um, but it is a technique, and I've told people about it, you know, since then, because I said your, your soul is a part of who you are, but we don't listen to what our soul is talking to us about most of the time. Um, we have a tendency to be so busy and have our brains so cluttered with what we're hearing from pundits or friends or family members or somebody else that we're not really listening to us. And there you need to go listen through your heart. Now the Heart Math Institute talks about it as heart coherence. But when you're writing, if you're writing from your heart and not your intellect, then you will have your answers because that is a stream of consciousness that actually comes from the divine. So if you think about us as our chakras, and so we have five chakras in our body. The sixth one is above our head, but then we have six more, you know, that, that go on. So we have a total of 12 and the 12th one links us back to the divine. So I think when we are writing like journaling or in the case of, you know, this individual looking at it from a um, writing down your soul, that all of a sudden you start listening and your soul's never been appreciated. You know, I mean, we don't listen to it. And so you might sit for a couple of times with nothing coming through. And so I always tell people, have a glass of water, have a pen, have your paper. If you want a candle, light a candle, but don't get up for at least 15 minutes. You know, don't distract yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe by day two or three, if you've not written anything by then, your soul is going, huh, I guess she really does want to hear from me. Hmm. Maybe I will shed some information on something that she's worried about or something that she's been thinking about doing. And so little by little, you will start writing and you'll be very surprised at what comes out because for the first time, maybe ever, you've been able to listen to what 
your heart wants for you. You know, that angelic conversation that we can have with ourselves that we don't take time to have. So I think journaling is, is awesome and there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, but I love the fact that if you don't have any prompts and just allow your soul to speak to you, you know, that might be the most revealing, you know, of everything mm -hmm. rather than saying, you know, what are the five things I'm grateful for? Now, at the end of every day, if somebody wants to change that vibrational frequency inside of themselves, boy, that is the perfect time to say, these are the things I'm grateful for that I experienced today. Because now you're allowing those cells as they go in to repair themselves, you're allowing them to go in with this um, blanket, if you will, of positivity around them. You know, like, wow, mm -hmm. this was a good day. I got to listen to a bird sing. You know, I saw a dolphin. Um, I saw, you know, the first color on the trees. I mean, whatever it might be, but it'll be something amazing. And you'll relax into your sleep from a very positive place rather than a negative place. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, my, my husband has been journaling, although I wouldn't necessarily call it the same type of journaling, but he's kept track. I kind mm -hmm. of do it more that he's, and um, the way that I look, he's kept track of things for many years. He has little notebooks that he'll have and it more so much like little calendars that maybe are the size of this, uh -huh. like a yearly calendar. But at the end of every day, before he would leave the office, before he leaves the office, he writes down kind of a few things that happened. So it's kind of, again, like a, a review and keeping track because sometimes, well, most of the time his memory is better than mine. And so we'll have discussions and he'll say like this one concert that we went to, he says, well, we saw her. And I was like, oh, I don't think I, I don't think so. He goes, yeah, we did. And, and then we went out to dinner beforehand to this restaurant. I really cannot remember it. And um, I said, look back in your journal. So sure enough, he went to the office and he found it's right there. So, you know, there is that proof. So there's, that's kind of one type of journaling, if you will, but that's kind of like, again, more controlled or just keeping track of things. Mm -hmm. And I do like this idea of like you said, just free flow your thoughts and start to write them similar to even when you meditate, sometimes you, I can, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes many times I like a guided meditation and maybe it's my little bit of a control and that type of thing that I like, or maybe I, there is that, that I don't trust myself enough some days to know what I, I think I know what I want instead of like trusting my soul, like you said, or the universe, but I think it's, you know, again, some mornings I want a guided meditation. So I'll pull up insight timer and put, you know, find one and listen to it. Mm -hmm. And then other days it's like, I just put on kind of that, you know, a little bit of ambient music or like some singing bowls. And then I just listen and meditate and things like that. So I kind of see that same kind of correlation that you can have that. Okay. Five things I'm grateful for, or what am I going to do today? Or that kind of thing. Or like you said, just kind of that free flowing, automatic channeling what your soul is saying to you or um, at that particular moment or day. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember uh, one of the guests that I had very early on about three and a half years ago, three years ago, at least, um, her name is Tess. 
and Tess communicates with angels. And she's written a couple of books, but she basically said, we as humans are here to learn to play and to have fun. And we forget that, you know, as babies, if you look at a, a happy baby, there's nothing cuter because they coo and they smile and, you know, they giggle. And um, I mean, unless they have colic or unless they're hungry or have a dirty diaper, they're pretty much in a happy state of mind. But by the time we get to be preschoolers, you know, we're losing that because you're supposed to play a certain way. And you're supposed right. to sit and you're supposed to pay attention. And, you know, all of a sudden the playfulness has been lost in an effort to conform and to do mm -hmm. it the way the teacher wants it done or the way it's easier for maybe her or for him to control a classroom. And so that mm -hmm. playful quality goes away. So I think maybe, you know, a part of what Tess was saying, you know, is, Maybe when we journal, maybe when we um, take a few minutes to listen, you know, to our soul talking to us, or maybe our angels talking to us, they're going to reveal certain things that they would love for us to experience. And if our mind is quiet enough as we journal, then that can happen, you know, because we're not thinking about what am I going to fix for dinner? And, you know, I need to make sure that I get to the store to do this or that or the other thing. Um, we right. just are listening and, and we're yeah. focused on a, maybe that part. Right. Yeah. I had a gal um, in a circle that I have attended for a while. She talked about this, just this idea that so often we're just thinking about the next thing and we're going forward and we're going forward yep. and we're setting our goals or setting, like you said, what am I having for dinner? Which made me think, what am I going to make for dinner? <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> you know, what's my, how am I going to get this? this accomplished or whatever, but she said, there's time for that. There's a time for moving forward and doing all that. And there's also a time for grounding down. And I really always remember that because that, because that is that concept of like, when we ground down and when we just quiet ourselves enough to listen and not be like, what am I thinking? Like having all those questions, like just be quiet. Right. And just like you said, be open to it. It's amazing what you do start to hear. And I've mm -hmm. told that story before that, you know, all of a sudden I started to listen to the voices in my head or follow the direction from the voices in my head and not in a crazy way, but that sometimes I would start to think about somebody and I think, well, maybe I should call, I'll just call Lucy. I don't know why I'm supposed to, but I thought about her, you know, I'd think about her for a couple of days and then I call her or Joan. And then, and as I got to talking to them or we get together, I was like, oh, that's why the mm -hmm. universe or my soul led me to call them because it was something that either I needed or maybe something that they needed. They right. appreciated me calling them and, Oh, I'm so glad we got connected or, you know, whatever the case is. And um, I remember just an example. Again, I have, I really have enjoyed the benefits of journaling, but sometimes just like other things in my life, I know what to do. And sometimes when I'm in a situation I don't follow what I need to do. But last week I was in a, um, a ballroom dance competition. And oh, so really? it had, yeah. And so it had started on Thursday night and then the all day on Friday, but Thursday night I had done some dancing and it was, it went okay, but I, there was a couple of snafus and a couple of things I was aggravated about. And then I was a bit nervous about the next day. 
So there I am laying in my hotel room bed, just having a hard time getting to sleep and all of these thoughts. And I said to myself after a while, okay, just get up and write it down. Remember, (laughs) that's what you talk about. You have to get those thoughts out of your head so that you can relax and just clear it. And it was amazing, Lucy, what happened? I got up and turned on the light and I think it was 1.15 in the morning. So I tried not to focus on that. And I just wrote down my thoughts on what was going on and try to process through the things that had happened earlier in that day and kind of talk about the next day and trying to set that positive mindset. And I was just up for a few minutes, maybe 15. And then I went and laid back down. Amazingly enough, I didn't have those streaming thoughts. I really, what I did feel is, is my mother and the presence of my mother and love and I think you know this. I mean, she passed earlier this year in April. And I just, all of a sudden I felt like, wow, I just felt this love and this peace. And so I got to thinking about my mother and then I went to sleep and I thought, you know, what? An, it's true. When we do these things, we can really quiet the mind or get those thoughts out. And I, I want to say that I didn't, I haven't gone back I don't know, ever, <laughs> maybe a couple of times, but I don't go back necessarily and read my journals. I know some people do, and sometimes they write a book from their journals, but I haven't done that. I just take it for what I need right then. And then I move, you know, I think I, I move on. So I don't necessarily, um, I did, I had a journal. I must say that though, I had a journal for a little bit when I was in college and kind of during my struggles. And I did find it in my closet like several years ago, kind of so cleaning out. I was like, oh, and I started to read through it. And I'd really come a long way since then. It was definitely in a different place in my life. And I started to read it and it was just really negative. And I was just like, I ended up, I just thought of this as I was talking about this. I ended up taking it to a yoga retreat because she said, when you come this weekend, um, I ended up traveling down to Austin. She said, we're going to have a burn. We're going to have a fire, like a burn ceremony. And so if there's things that you want to, you know, you can write them down when you're here, or if there's something that you want to bring with you that you want to get rid of. So I took that journal with me. I, said, I just don't. And I did, I put it in the fire and I burned it because I thought there's too much negativity in there and I'm not there. Yes, there right. is the reality that that there was a struggle at that point in my life, but I had come a long ways since then. And I didn't want that. I already have the reminder in my head, but I didn't want the reminder to just keep going like, Oh, look at this and how I wanted to just release that. And so, okay, that was a time in my life. It's gone. And now I'm living today and living forward. You know, I have two, I guess, two thoughts. Uh, One is I know you have a podcast um Gorski wellness right that you do through that well it's it's called um juggling the chaos of recovery oh okay is the name of the Um, podcast yeah but I think that um our podcast if you will you know that's it's recorded it's there for posterity and you know someday you know your kids when you're 100 years old may go back and listen to some of your stories that you've told um, with a guest or otherwise, and they'll understand mom differently, you know, because they see you as MOM and mm-hmm. what that means to them. But then they're going to hear the things that were important to you. Um, I know that that's one of the things that I believe at least is, um, you know, that anybody who listens to us, you know, it, it kind of gives an inside track 
on the things that are meaningful in, in our particular life. The other thing is uh, there are a number of individuals uh, as a therapist where I have talked to somebody who found not necessarily a journal per se, maybe the, it wasn't called that, but uh, writings from, could be letters, it could be um, a diary, but you know something that a mother or a father wrote earlier in their life. I know I was given a bunch of letters that my dad wrote in World War II. And I was given those letters, not by my father, but after he died, his uh, cousin, who, well, my cousin, but it was, I guess, a nephew, maybe for him. Um, but uh, at any rate, he brought them to me, a whole stack of letters. And he thought, he said, I think you might enjoy reading these. And it gave me such amazing insight into who my dad was at a different level. So I think those journals, you know, even though you got rid of the one that was really negative, I think some of your journals might provide wonderful uh, reading for your children someday, like I said, when you're 100 years old. And, you know, maybe you don't remember all of the details, but, you know, they'll be able to go back and say, oh, wow, I didn't know that you thought this or felt this. Right. Yeah, I do. I do like that and that idea. And it did remind me my I don't know who it was, a great, great grandfather, but somebody in my, in my father's side was in, um, uh, was in Andersonville prison as a, you know, prisoner of war and has all these letters that he sent home to his wife. And we have all kinds of history and it's really, it is very fascinating. He has little diaries. I mean, like the size of a cell phone, like these little diaries that he kept, um, and sometimes it was, you know, just the weather or, you know, I washed my uniform today. I mean, just little simple things, but mm -hmm. it is a really cool, um, look back. And, um, and, you know, in regards to my mother, I spoke at her service and, um, I did end up recording that because I wanted to not only have it written down and in the memory of my head, but I did want it. I did want to be able to listen to it or have that memory so that somebody could listen back to it. And, um, and my daughter who, you know, she mentioned this to me the other day, she said, you know, I, I've saved some of grandma's voicemails on my phone. And she said, Aww. so when I really miss her, I just listened to it. I, yeah. Thought, oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have, I don't think I have any of my mother's voices on here, but I thought, what a great thing, Anna. I maybe didn't even think about it, but now you have her voice because she really had a wonderful relationship with my mother and she misses her terribly. And so she said, when I'm having a hard day, I just listen to grandma on my phone. So well, and maybe, some... you know, maybe someday your grandchildren, you know, will be able to do the same thing with you because mm -hmm. there'll be these podcasts and recorded shows. And, and like I said, things that were meaningful to you and they will hear it from your voice, not from right. a mother or father or somebody else telling mm -hmm. the story, but they'll hear it from you telling the story. Right. And I think that is incredibly right. special. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So maybe I'll write a little bit neater. So <laughs> you know, but, uh, when my husband died, I mean, I, he was dying for the last 11 months of his life. He was in a nursing home most of that time. And so I knew about, uh, because I've worked, you know, for and with funeral homes, I knew about this 
particular program you can do where you take pictures and put them with music and it tells their life. And so I had put together oh, probably 80 pictures from the time he was a baby until, you know, I didn't use ones at the very final because they were so sad in terms of how he looked, but up until then. And I had, you know, some Frank Sinatra music with I did it my way and uh, mm-hmm. just different things that were meaningful to him during his life. And, um, and I made sure that each of the kids and each of the grandkids, you know, had this recorded DVD so that they would be mm-hmm. able to play that whenever they missed him. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't in his voice, you know, like yours will be, but it was something that was then meaningful Again, not just the story. So if you've got old letters, if you've got old journals, if you've got, you know, recordings, all of that makes that person come alive. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't realize how important those things can be until the people are gone. I mean, Mm -hmm. my mother used to say, she did start to say to us like a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, she's like, you know, if you guys have questions about things, you know, of how we were raised or not how we were raised, but you know, like things like when we were growing up or different things, like you should ask us because once we're gone, if it's not written down, right, <laughs> right? there's right. no memory of it. And right. not that it didn't happen, but there's no memory. And so I thought that was kind of funny that she said that, but it's very true, you know? Oh, yeah. And, sure. um, and we find that I found that, I mean, the elderly people, they sometimes they don't remember they, their short-term memory isn't necessarily the best, but boy, they can remember those details of the past and, oh, and on the farm and they did this and grandpa did this or, and it's just, it's really, it's, I think, again, there's just so many things that I'm thinking about. I remember when my parents were here um, for, I don't know a holiday or a dinner, just a, a dinner of some sort. And, um, and my son, my youngest son, who's 18 and his girlfriend, who's the same age, they were sitting, you know, we had a lot of people here. So I'm in my dining room while I'm recording this. So we had the dining room, you know, table full as well as others in the kitchen. And they chose to go sit with my mom and dad. And one of my friends who was here, maybe it was my birthday a couple of years ago. They said, um, wow, that's something that like the teenagers would go sit with the grandparents. Cause that doesn't always happen. You know, the teenagers are kind of like off on their own going whatever. And we don't want to be with the old people, but they sat there and they were having this wonderful conversation. And I thought, well, good for Tommy and Pauline to sit there and just give that time to my parents to just share, you know, them to share and, you know, them to learn, you know, mm-hmm. and hear from Tommy and Pauline. Like those are things that sometimes, again, don't often happen. And then as we're talking about it, when you write them down or you have a recording, um, it does really have that wonderful memory that you can carry, carry with you. Right. Um, when, um, my mom had died, uh, she had in her kitchen drawer, it was a little black book, literally that had some recipes that she had handwritten in it when she was in her twenties. And there was a grocery list in there of what they paid for milk and bread because she was on a budget. And so she had the price of everything yep. that she was you know, gonna go buy. And um, I still have that 
Uh, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's so special when I think about how, because if she was alive today, she would be, I think about 116. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was back a long, long time ago, but it, it gives you a peak of history, not just recipes that were important, but maybe historically, what was it like, you know, to live at that time if you went to the grocery store? So mm-hmm. there's so yeah, many we- little things that we can do to capture. And of course, journaling is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So journaling can be what you're experiencing, like maybe even with COVID today and thoughts that you have about where we are as a nation or as a world. But it can also be, you know, fears, anxieties about the future. It can be, you know, thoughts that you have about your children and what's ahead for them. It can be so many different things. And it is a peak, you know, right now into this moment in time that you might be able to look back at 20 years from well, now. Right. And I think what's, what is comforting about it is that there, it just, it's you and your journal and mm-hmm. your thoughts and your soul mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. Many times when we share our things what we were talking a little bit before we started recording is, you know, kind of our opinions and our fears, but there's a conversation there. And sometimes there may be somebody that's disagreeing with us But when we journal, it's just you and the paper and again, your thoughts. And so you can sit there and write with that, that comfort of like, nobody's going to, going to start arguing with me because my thought is different than their thought. It's just a chance to really just get it out there and really, um, and again, which I think is just, it's a, it's not often where we are. We're usually in conversation with someone else or many people, but this is just a way to have a conversation, if you will, or not really, you know, but have a conversation again with our own thoughts and get those down on paper and just give yourself that freedom to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves the freedom, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't think this way, or, you know, we're already prejudging ourselves because that's, part of, I think what we do, we we're harder on ourselves usually than anyone else is. Right. Um, exactly. And, and so, you know, if you journal, I love the idea because I've done the same thing. I, I often get up at two and three and four in the morning and will write for, you know, maybe as long as a half hour or 40 minutes before I go back to bed. But if I don't get up, I don't sleep, you know, because the thoughts, right are just running around inside of my head and I can't process them. So if I get up and write, and of course the computer has become my friend in many respects, cause I write it there and then I keep them in folders or I print them out, but it um, allows me to process whatever's going on that is causing me to stay awake. And when you get into the, you know, using writing as a technique for emptying your mind so that you can have peace, um, whether you do it in the morning or whether you allow yourself, you know, to get up maybe for a few minutes, just because if it's going to keep you awake, you might as well get up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it is. A, it's a wonderful thing. And again, that's why I wanted to just say, you know, your journey to joy, because many times, as we've talked about, we get anxious, we have these anxious thoughts. And, um, and I believe that journey, journaling can be this journey. It's not mm-hmm. just a set, you know, set thing, but it is just kind of a journey as, as we continue to write these things and be aware of these things and process these things, we can, 
find some joy, you know, get rid of that anxiety or like my, and my podcast called, you know, juggling the chaos, kind of get through that chaos of our mind um, to a point that we're much more joyful. Right. And that is the objective. I mean, if Tess um, and her angels are correct, then yeah, I mean, we're supposed to be learning how to play and how to be joyful, how to bring happiness to ourselves and to others. And I think we can get to that place, you know, if we work at it a little bit and stop thinking, you know, of life as a treadmill that we're on and we just have to get to the next day, but we can make it a very joyful experience. Um, So that's pretty cool. So if somebody were going to find your journal, where would they go to find it? Well, it is, um, I can, you know, send you the link so that you can have it in the show notes, but it is um, self-published through Barnes and Noble. So even if you were to go to Barnes and Noble uh, website and type in journey to joy, you'll find, you know, my, you'll find my joint journey, um, my journal popped up. Um, I am doing some editing to my website, so I can't say that it's on my Gorski wellness site, but perhaps when this uh, episode does go live, it will be there. So, um, I am again, making some changes so that there'll be a page right there. Um, you know, and a link that'll go through so that they can, you can order, um, order the journal through Barnes and Noble to have it sent to you. Okay. And is it going to be on Amazon as well? Um, not at this point, I, you know, there's a few options that you can go through to self-publish. And, um, I looked at a few and I worked with an assistant and we kind of investigated a few and Barnes and Noble was our best. We, for what I wanted, Mm -hmm. it was our best option. So there is Kindle, there's Kindle direct publishing, uh, which is Amazon, but I chose the Barnes and Noble, um, self-publishing route. Okay. Um, so does that mean like Barnes and Noble can have it on a bookshelf at a Barnes and Noble or do you download it or how does that work? I mean, it's a, you know, it's, um, it's not something that's uh, available in a bookstore just yet. I'm still going to, I'm going to look into that, but, um, it is something that they're actually, um, it's a print on demand. So if you go to the website today and Mm -hmm. order one, they'll print one for you and send it to you. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure exactly how that works. So that's very cool. Um, And if you were going to encourage somebody who has never, ever journaled, what would you tell them? How would you tell them to begin the process? I would say, you know, just get to a quiet spot. You know, I think that mornings are beautiful times, but I also know that not everybody loves the morning, Um, but just get to a quiet place be it in your home or perhaps sitting outside or at a park and just, and and quiet yourself for a little bit. And then as we've talked about, kind of trust those thoughts in your head and just, if it does mean, Hey, I'm, I'm grateful for this, or maybe just do a little bit of reflecting on kind of how you're feeling in the moment and maybe just start that, you know, it's just start that way. Try not to be, put too much pressure on yourself, too hard on yourself, just, just quiet, take a few deep breaths, and then just start to write what thoughts come up and just, you know, let it go from there. And again, in this, there are, you know, in the beginning, um, I do have, if you do get my journal, there are a couple of links to my podcast that I talk about journaling. I talk about my morning routine. So if those are, um, if that would help you, I say, you know, listen to a podcast and then start to write about 
the feelings that are coming up because of that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes again, we need those prompts, but I think the important thing is to just quiet ourselves down a bit, take some deep breaths, and then just start writing. One of the things that I would maybe add to that is to try and pick a consistent time um, because it's so easy to let life get in the way. And mm-hmm. so if, if it's morning, great. If it's, you know, five, 10 minutes before you have lunch, great. If it's uh, at the end of your day, great. But, you know, try to pick that time to do it always, you know, because mm-hmm. then it becomes a habit. And it's like, Correct. if you have 21 days of anything that you do in a row, it is a habit that you'll maintain. But if it's all over the place where one day you do it in the morning and one day at lunchtime and one day, you know, after dinner and one day at bedtime, it'll be very hard for you to do it consistently. And certainly uh, Mm -hmm. journaling, you know, for not necessarily therapeutic reasons, but journaling just to give you a chance to to talk to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. Um, It's so incredibly beneficial. And, you know, doing it consistently allows you to be healthier emotionally, uh, for sure. Uh, You know, and if you're healthier emotionally, you're going to be healthier physically. And you know that from being a nurse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And I'm, when you said earlier about the Heart Math Institute, I, um, there's a chiropractor that I just, well, functional medicine chiropractor that I just met recently, and I'm going to go in to his office in the next couple of weeks, just to learn a little bit more about heart math and do a little demo because I've heard a lot about that. And I know that's it's a discussion for another day, but that's um, something that can really help us oh, you know, kind of decrease our anxiety and be, in, be more in tune with each, with ourselves. Right. I have a, um, it's called an inner balance device and he may have that as well, but I use it when I'm working with people and it's to teach them to get their breathing incoherent with a a mandala. So there's a mandala that's on your phone. There's an app you put on your phone. And then there's a little device that you clip on your ear and, Mm -hmm. um, and then just let it kind of rest on your chest, but it picks up your breathing and your heart rate. And the mandala um, has a circle around it. And so as you're doing this, it will be in red and it has different little tones So that if your eyes are closed, you know whether you're in red or whether you're in blue or whether you're in green. And the objective is to get to green, which is a little higher ping. But when you're there, you're actually in heart coherence. And so you will know, you know, whether or not you're doing it so that it benefits you, you know, at the, because even in blue, it's a benefit. But if you can get to green and stay there uh, for a couple of minutes, then it's going to be a healthier place, you know, for you. So yeah, you know, check out uh, Inner Balance Device. And for anybody listening to this, if you just go to the Heart Math Institute and then they have a little search area, you can type in Inner Balance Device and they'll show you what it's all about there. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to to actually trying it myself because I've heard heard many people um, and so I thought it was really cool when I spoke with him and he said that he was, that was part of his practice. I said, can I come in and try it? Yeah, so probably absolutely. have a podcast interview sometime soon with him too, so that he can explain that to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Larry. Well, I want to thank you again for being my guest. Uh, it's a lot You're of welcome. fun. Thank you. Chat with you. 
And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on after the first of the year. And by then you'll have all kinds of people that are using your journal um, That's right. to yeah. you know, find that inner peace for themselves. Mm -hmm. So let everybody know one more time how they can get hold of you. So they can find me um, again, Moira Gorski, M-O-Y-R-A Gorski. Um, you can find me on um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, again, gorskywellness.com. Uh, the uh, website is in, under construction, but uh, you know, you can find me there for now. But um, again, send me a message, moira at gorskywellness.com or find me on social media very active there and really look forward to connecting with, and then listen to my podcast, uh, juggling the chaos of recovery. You'll find that on the, um, major platforms of iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean and, uh, listen, listen there. Okay. Well, have a beautiful remainder of your week and, you too, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And, uh, we'll uh, talk to you again, like I said, after the first of the year. So, Everybody listening to the show, uh, please share the show with others, family, friends. I think everyone can benefit on not only learning how to journal, but probably picking up Moya's book, um, you know, at Barnes and Noble. And uh, so we'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a beautiful fall season down there. And uh, you're right outside of Chicago, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So the you get to are have starting to change already. Uh, you're going to get to see the colors. We see fall colors, but it's usually blooming plants that just come out of the fall. It's not leaves. Right. So, yeah. all right, everybody have a wonderful life. Make it your best one. Uh, get healthy on all levels. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.